right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. Toll-free telephone numbers, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. The uh, sergeant-at-arms in the House of Representatives has now resigned. Uh, I I want to know who at the Capitol Police allowed yesterday to happen. I mean, we've got to get answers. We, you know, we do live in a post 9-11 world nearly 20 years ago. You know, this country came under brutal attack. Now, again, I want to reiterate here. I mean, so you have we have advanced warning that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are going to be in Washington, D.C. at a rally. Okay, you would think that the smart thing to do is to prepare. They're going to march from the Washington Monument and straight on down to the Capitol. There had been reports, and there's a lot of investigations going on as to whether or not there were organized agitators within the, the group of people that, you know, got into the Capitol yesterday. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at this from just one, one objective perspective here. This is our capital. This is the U.S. Capitol. And with relative, sadly, I say that with relative ease in a matter of just a few minutes, you know, a massive security breach at a level I never thought could ever be possible. And especially when you consider that there was advance warning that you, you had a march from the Washington Monument to the Capitol was going to take place. And if you monitor social media, not that you, it confirms it, but there was chatter that different groups were going to agitate. And I'm not saying left or right, left, right, whoever. I, I don't care what extreme you might be. In other words, troublemakers. In other words, people that are there to create a conflict um, and that we didn't do more in terms of protecting, our, at first, the lives of innocent people that work in the Capitol, the lives of our elected officials that are in that Capitol. This transcends all politics. Uh, and the fact that they, they breached within minutes on that level is breathtaking and can happen in this country. This cannot happen. And people need, we need an explanation first. And number two, we need an immediate plan to make sure that's never going to happen again. Because when you have that many people, there's bound to be agitators or people that have other agendas than, than that of the peaceful protesters. And there was a great distinction the overwhelming 99% of people that, that went to yesterday's rally were there to peacefully protest. Liberals love peaceful protesters. You know, look, at least we're consistent. All summer long, we kept saying you need to restore law and order. You can't allow American institutions like courthouses to be attacked the way they were being attacked nightly. You can't allow people to tear down statues. You want it, to, you want it removed? Go through the legal process. Like politicians that promise to do it for you. Um, but, you know, the idea, you know, we, we all watched and I stand. I don't ever want to see what happened yesterday ever happen again. And we can prevent it. We're able to send people to the moon and bring them back anyway. And, and I know the, the media blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. Well, I blame the people responsible, as I always do. You know, when it was a Bernie Sanders supporter shooting Steve Scalise and others in that ball field, I didn't say Bernie's responsible. If I was a liberal, you know, and it was a, somebody that supported a conservative candidate, they would blame the candidate. No, it's, I blame the person. 
But, um, you know, for all the I agree, you can't have mob violence. It has to be peaceful protest. And that was most of the people yesterday. Peaceful Um, violence. Can't if we're going to say violence can't be tolerated, then then why all of last summer as we watch city after city after city go up in flames at the hands of left wing rioters in that case? Remember the chop zone, the Chaz zone, the autonomous zone, the summer of love zone, the spaghetti potluck dinner zone. Remember all of that? Remember, remember police stations burned to the ground, police precincts? Remember police precincts and city blocks taken over? Remember Portland months of, of never ending nightly violence? And we were told that it's not violence. And, you know, remember you had Jerry Nadler. No, 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 that's that's a myth. Remember he said that? It is true. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now. That's that, 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 that's a myth. Yeah. That's being spread only in Washington D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. Sir, there's there's videos everywhere online. There's fires and riots. There's they're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers. DHS is there. Look online. It gets crazy, Mr. Nadler. Remember Nancy Pelosi? People are just going to do what they're going to do. She I don't care that much too. about statues. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. It, it, it's a, it is a, yeah, I do think do that from a safety standpoint, uh, it would be a good idea to uh, have it taken down if the community doesn't want it. From a safety standpoint, just take it down. But that's not, people are going to do what they're going to do. Well, now it got awfully close to home for a lot of these politicians that were quite silent at the time. And the same with mob media, media mob members as well. Look, if you're going to be consistent, we're being consistent. We condemn violence then, we condemn it now. And I'm saying that we've got to protect every politician, every single person that works in that capital and, and, and protect American institutions like our capital. You know, when you think about this from a security standpoint, what happened yesterday in a post 9-11 world Every one of America's enemies saw a vulnerability that I could pretty much safely bet they had no idea existed in Washington, D.C. That is really scary. But where was Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and Chucky Schumer and the media mob all summer long last summer? Because if they want to say violence is unacceptable, why did they go along with Kamala Harris? Remember in Minnesota, part of a group fundraising, raising money to bail out violent rioters? You know, it's states like New York, cities like New York City that allow no bail rules that, you know, you get arrested, you get taken down in the precinct, you get let go because there's no bail laws. You know, nobody, no, no sane-thinking American supports any violence including yesterday's you know the the people that are responsible all of them should be held accountable and people that were that were we have cops injured from yesterday this i watched it a number of times i couldn't watch it anymore this woman who served her country uh was was in the capital and for no reason this guy just shot her she was she was trying to obviously get into the capital and go places she was not a threat to anybody at that moment and you know innocent people died here when cops are physically threatened well the republican party i view as the party of law in order and peace and and stability 
And when they came under attack, when lives are in danger and they were yesterday, the police need to be able to respond with force. But I didn't think that moment needed it or called for it. But I'm sure there'll be an investigation. Um, They use tear gas. Okay, fine. That is an acceptable line of defense. And, you know, at some point, too, if lives are in jeopardy, police are going to have to use the next level of force. We don't want it to ever happen, you know, but not but not tolerating violence. You know, just go back to last summer. I don't care who's responsible, where it's happening, who broke through the Capitol Hill barricades, who was in Portland, who was in Seattle, who was in New York City. You know, any of it, we must protect innocent men, women and children in every town and every city. I mean, it's just that simple. For example, you know, let's go back to the summer. Media Democrats out there downplaying the 2020 rights. Just listen to this. Respectfully, should that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? That's that's, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. This is a mostly protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking unruly, but fires have been started. Perhaps this is uh, some sort of mechanism for a restructure in our country. Remember, you know, now we've made a distinction on this show and on Hannity, the TV show. Remember, you had Black Lives Matter, the group, the organized group. And, you know, you had in some of the early days, a couple of years ago, they were chanting, what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? You know, uh, and pigs in a blanket. And fry them like bacon. Pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. Pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. Pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. Now, there were people that would use the term Black Lives Matter after the death of George Floyd that have no connection to the the radical group Black Lives Matter. But you have other, you know, radical groups like Antifa or Antifa, depending on how you like to say it. And, you know, listen to the media here supporting them. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally in the eyes of the law. Yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I think that a lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacy and neo-Nazi violence. The problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. There's a group of anti-fascists called the Black Bloc, which do tend to get violent. Their idea is, look, nonviolence hasn't worked and we are going to try to stop this. But they wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists, neo-Nazis were out scaring the living daylouts 
out of most of the people in that town. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) I mean, you know, well, no organization is perfect. The media was saying, were they saying that about those people that invaded the Capitol yesterday? I mean, the double, it's just sickening. Here's the bottom line here. You know, where were they all this summer? They were all denying a truth and denying a reality and denying what was before our very eyes. I showed it last night on TV. Remember the the video CNN report? Well, it's mostly been a very peaceful protest, a city ablaze behind the guy. I mean, the screenshot went viral. As we continue, Sean Hannity shows, you know, the thing is, you know, I, I just am shocked at how quickly they were able to breach the U.S. Capitol building yesterday. I, I'm shocked by that. Now, I'm not shocked that there are bad actors. I'm never shocked at that. Nothing like that shocks me, sadly. You know, it, this is after 9-11, 20 years after. And I'm thinking, all right, what are America's enemies in, in Russia and China and the Mullahs in Iran and Kim Jong-un, whoever, all these bad actors, all these hostile regimes. What are, what are they thinking of here? You know, what if, what if people were, had infiltrated the peaceful protesters and, infiltra- and were part of this? What if they were part of some type of organization that had some real weaponry with them, severe? You know, enough, enough carnage was done yesterday. Watching this poor woman get shot again and again. I've watched it a number of times. I can't even take it. This can't happen again. You know, so, uh, and we watched it go all over all city long. Where were these Democratic leaders then? Why didn't they speak up then? Why, you know, every weekend in, in pretty much every big city, it's the same violent story. You get the same statistics, Chicago, New York, you know, the, the worst years on record for violence. What are they doing differently except defunding the police? And other, and by the way, pledging to go even further than that. Portland, Seattle. Did they ever prosecute the Chop Chaz Summer of Love Zone? The the those attacking the the court building in in Portland. They ever get them? Because I don't remember reading it, and I read a lot. You know what are we going to do to make sure this doesn't happen anymore? We're going to get rid of these insane no bail laws where people are out there committing acts of violence, and then they. They get taken in by the police. They get let out in the rear door and they're back out with their friends five minutes later. I mean, we got to be a nation of law and order so we keep everybody safe and secure. Democrats in big cities all around this country, they've had complete control for decades and they've done nothing. You know, people are asking me, well, Hannity, you lived in Georgia, right? And I'm like, yeah, I lived there. I left in 1996 when I got hired by Fox. Uh, demographically, the state has changed dramatically. Cobb County is now a Democratic county. It used to be Newt Gingrich's home district. Gwinnett County now goes Democrat. On top of Fulton, on top of DeKalb, they have not gone Republican. And so, yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of this is states like Texas, North Carolina, Georgia, even South Carolina, Florida, all these people escaping, you know, California, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois, they're moving to a place with lower taxes and less regulation, but they're bringing their dumb politics with them. We'll continue. 
All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, I guess I was reading Red State, and they had somebody writing an interesting column, and it's like, you know, I think of everybody I know in life. And I look at the crowd yesterday, and I, you know, you, you, you've been, you've watched how many Trump rallies now over the years, peaceful people, hardworking, law-abiding, tax-paying moms and dads that go out, work hard, put in their 12, 14 hours a day, pay their taxes, obey the laws, raise their kids, and, you know, and basically, you know, do it day in and day out. They they make the country great. They They do all the working and serving and producing of everything that the country needs. That's what I see. You know, these are people that would never, ever put a hand on law enforcement. Otherwise, you go to jail, as this article says, or put your hand on another human being or threaten somebody, you go to jail or damage public or private property, you go to jail. Things that we said over the summer and things we're saying about, you know, for the small group of of people that invaded the Capitol yesterday can't happen. You break into a trespass, a prohibited area or private property, you go to jail. You go to somebody to invade, impede their lawful business, uh, you go to jail. That's what was so outrageous about everything that happened all last summer and with little to no condemnation, if not no condemnation, actual outright support. There was, you know, entire city blocks taken over for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Remember when we had uh, Horace Lorenzo uh, Anderson Sr. who lost his son in the Chop Chaz Summer of Love Autonomous Zone and never received a call from anybody. Then the president saw him being interviewed on my TV show and called him. You know, it's so sad. You look at this woman that was shot, 14-year veteran, four tours of duty. Apparently she's from San Diego. And she was an Air Force vet, strong supporter of the president. And uh, anyway, all, she was just in the Capitol. Not, she wasn't really, it's very clear from the video, that moment not causing a threat to anybody. Just being in the building. And it's for everybody's safety and security that you don't allow, allow any opportunity for any security breach at, at, at our Capitol building. And, uh, and the FBI is asking the public to identify those in a breach. I would say help the FBI out. Be a good citizen. One thing Ari Fleischer tweeted out is that, you know, if you don't like what's happening today, maybe you should go back four years, look in the mirror and ask if it was a good idea to declare hashtag not my president or to declare yourself the resistance or, you know, boycott an inaugural. When one side violates norms, the other will, too. Well, you know, none of those things really offend me. I mean, I think one of the, the, the things that is most clear, Democrats, they feign a lot of phony outrage. They don't really mean it. You know, every single sentence, every tweet Trump would, would put out there, just ugh, outrage. I never believed it was real. I don't believe it's real today. And if you really, you know, do they really think that, that this was all Trump supporters and Trump did this only for cheap political points that they can score because the president was saying to be peaceful. Um, but anyway, if yesterday's violence was Trump's fault and we're going to use the same standards of the Democrats and the same standards as the media mob, then both Joe Biden and Kamala and the likes of Bernie Sanders have a lot of explaining to do. They really do. Because it's more than a little dis- disgusting to see the number of people 
that are just lashing out when they themselves were so silent over the summer. You know, whatever groups might be involved, I don't know. There's investigations going on by a lot of people, and we need to get justice served as quickly as possible. But, you know, what you know, whoever they are, they were not the 99%. When I talked about the FBI corruption and abuse of power, I talked about the 99% of good people in the Department of Justice, FBI, and our intelligence community. I stand by that today. You know, but, you know, when you have Joe you know, Biden, what did he do all summer long? When did he have that moment where he spoke out? You know, we talk about in the Clinton era, the quote, sister soldier moment. When did he ever have one? Because I don't remember it. How does Kamala Harris support raising bail money for people arrested for the violence taking place in this particular case in Minneapolis or the groups that are out there and the Democratic politicians that are involved in defunding the police, like Los Angeles, which was praised by Kamala Harris. Or in New York, you know, billion-dollar cut to the NYPD. No wonder crime at its and murder rate at its highest level in however many years. Biden, I don't recall saying much, if anything at all, as all of this madness and mayhem and rioting took place all throughout the summer. Nominating convention devoted many hours, you know, they would partner with the actual group Black Lives Matter, not people that would use the phrase Black Lives Matter. The group, remember that group was on tape, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now, and pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon. People, I guess, just forgiven that. You know, if the president is, you know, if you want to blame him for yesterday, well, then what about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? Because we lost 25, according to the Different reports, UK Guardian was one of them, 25 innocent Americans that were killed, many others injured. We had rescue workers that couldn't get to people that had been shot or they were victims of violence. Biden didn't say anything as the killing continued throughout the summer. Nobody said anything about Kamala supporting defunding the police or Kamala supporting raising bail money for people that were arrested during these moments. You know, it's just such a double standard. Um, anyway, the New York Post has an eyewitness account of the shooting yesterday of this woman who apparently had served her country for 14 years and four tours of duty. And anyway, the, uh, they point out the U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant who did fatally shoot this woman didn't have a choice, according to a GOP lawmaker said after witnessing. Now, I, I, I do get into a, a situation. I don't like to judge by videotape. But you you do have a group of people trying to open doors and break them down. Let's be frank and just transparent They're trying to break them down. So you have one armed. I don't know who it is. Seems like we've learned since we believe it to be a Capitol Police lieutenant that shot this woman. And they're saying that they didn't have a choice. And the way I, I, I just saw it differently now. These people were, I didn't see any weapons on any of the people that were there at all. There were, there was a breach in the Capitol. They were trying to breach into another area. Should they be there? No. Should it happen? No. But there was plenty of room for anybody in that particular area of the Capitol to get the hell out of the way. And uh, instead the shot was fired and it was one shot to the neck and it was fatal. And they were trying to get through the door. Was there imminent danger? I didn't see it. If you want more of the double standard, 
you know, back, remember what happened with the Kavanaugh situation? Remember back October 2018? Have we, are memories that short that we forget that the Hart Senate office building was breached and all these protesters got inside there to protest Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination? Remember that angry mob filled the room, blocking access for people who were supposed to be there, shouting insults at the top of their lungs? Did everybody forget these moments? I haven't. Waving ugly signs, holding the room hostage until finally reinforcements from the Capitol Police arrived and shut the angry mob down. The media reaction back then, you know, you got over at MSDNC, you got a guy, Garrett, whatever his name, reporting... I guess on Nicole Wallace's show, the distinct lack of courage. Listen in the listen to what the reporter said here. Um, we've seen protesters on Capitol Hill. You've been reporting all week about how high the tensions are. Where do things stand this hour? Well, Nicole, the protest that's happening behind me now and may make me slightly hard to hear is by far the largest and most well-organized protest against Brett Kavanaugh that I've seen yet this week. Oh, okay. Here's another example. Washington Times pointed out, you know, remember we were watching night after night, week after week, month after month in Portland saying, when are we going to restore order? And the president eventually sent people in. It was a big deal because he was protecting the courthouse that they were assaulting every night. There's a report in the Washington Times that Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, one of the other genius mayors in all of this, was having dinner with uh, a woman in the outdoor dining area of a Northwest Portland restaurant when he was approached by a group of protesters. Uh, I think you need to leave, Mr. Wheeler told one of them, who was recording the incident, according to footage that uh, was, I guess, made available to different media outlets. Are you comfortable? The protester asked. I think you need to do your job as blanking mayor. I think you're a disgrace. You're going to be made to feel like the scum you are. And then one person punched Wheeler in the shoulder and then fled the scene. Portland police, you know, local affiliate were told, uh, uh, told the local ABC affiliate there. The reported contact uh, was not captured on their end on videotape. But then there was another video posted by another uh, apparently an anti-police account, I'm told, claiming that someone assaulted him. Anyway, the mayoral spokesperson said in a statement that a member of the group started swatting the mayor and made physical contact with him. You know, it's sort of like, oh, now all of a sudden it matters because it's the Capitol and it's where the Democrats work or it's the mayor. I don't want this to happen to anybody. That's the whole point. And this is my great frustration with Democrats that lead big cities for decade after decade after decade after decade. The fallacy of liberalism is they always create false hope, promises that will never be fulfilled, all in the name of security. Okay, what's their track record? How many times do I have to explain this? Well, for decades in liberal cities like New York and Portland and and Illinois, how are they doing with safety and security? I'd give them all an F. You know, are they keeping people safe and secure in their homes? Not really. You can see the evidence in the, in the shooting numbers every weekend. Or are you letting the anarchists take over the streets? How are they doing educating your kids? They're not doing very well, are they? Because we spend more money per capita than any other nation in the industrialized world. And in these big cities, 
the results are beyond atrocious, a miserable failure. How did that Obamacare thing work out? How did those promises of keep your doctor plan and save money didn't work out? Well, now Green New Deal is on its way. Everything's going to be free. Guaranteed government job, guaranteed wage, guaranteed government health care, guaranteed government vacation, guaranteed uh, government retirement, guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. Okay. You really have faith that the same people that can't keep a, a single city safe and secure, can't educate kids in their city, uh, have failed miserably on every health care promise they've made, millions losing doctors and plans, and everybody paying a lot more money. You think they're going to come through for you? Because I don't think they are. I don't have a lot of confidence that they are. And then all of a sudden you're going to realize, well, you, you got to figure out at that point, well, how much of your freedom did you give in the give up for false security? And that's a big question. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer expressing his frustration, condemning Trump supporters. Well, 99% of Trump supporters that were at this massive rally yesterday had nothing to do with what happened at the Capitol and never would be a part of what happened at the Capitol, and they condemn violence in any form. But, you know, why let the truth get in, a, in the way of a, a good Chuck Schumer lie? But he condemns the people who follow him. Really? Obama blames Trump. Trump called for peace. You know, facts get in the way of a good narrative for Democrats. You know, I, I think the thing that really, really, I, I just, it's so revealing. You know, like smelly Walmart shoppers, Trump supporters is revealing, irredeemable deplorables is re revealing. Anyway, um, I happen to know Olive Garden restaurants really well. I happen to know Holiday Inns really well, Hilton Gardens really well, Courtyard Marriott's really well. My kids were both in sports. I spent a lot of weekends on the road with my kids, and that's that. That was pretty much the only option in town. But when I, I for one of the first things I usually look up is is there an Olive Garden in town? I mean, they have their their garlic breadsticks. Wow, it's like heaven on earth. Unlimited pasta, amazing. They've got these donuts you can dip in like caramel or you know uh, chocolate, and you put it on top, and they're hot and it's so delicious. Powdered sugar on them. Just amazing. Anyway, Anderson Cooper doesn't think much of us that like Olive Garden. I view it as fine dining. They're high-fiving each other for this deplorable display of completely unpatriotic, completely against law and order, completely unconstitutional behavior. It's stunning, Cooper said. And then they go back to the Olive Garden, to the Holiday Inn that they're staying at, or the Garden Marriott. It's actually Courtyard Marriott and Hilton Garden, but, you know, why get those facts right? They're going to have drinks and talk about the great day they had in Washington. They stood up for nothing other than mayhem. Am I the only one in this audience that likes Walmart and Olive Garden? <laughs> I'm guilty on both fronts. I love Olive Garden. I think the food is great. What can I tell you? Simple taste. I don't know. Where does Anderson stay? The Ritz? The Four Seasons? Expensive resorts, Aspen, you fly out to, you know, the fancy ski slopes here and there and fine dining at the world's most expensive restaurants. Well, most people can't afford that, Anderson. Uh, Leonard Skinner, simple man. That can only mean one thing, and that is the 2021 return of all things Bill O'Reilly, who claims he's a simple man. I argue, I argue he is not a simple man. He's a complicated human being. 
on so many different levels. Uh, how was your uh, holiday? How was your time off? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, Joe. Is this Joe yeah, Biden? I mean, yeah, Hello. Today. Looking for Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, and, and you got to know some other simple people. I know you hang with. Boy, they're, they're <laughs> almost more simple than me. But let me well let me ask you this, Mr. Mr. Simple Man. Now, yeah. have you ever and be honest, have you ever been to Olive Garden? Yes. Do I you, have been to Olive Garden. See, and you had to I think. Ordered, yeah. I ordered eggplant parmesan. Oh, good grief. I yeah. hate eggplant parmesan. Uh, all right. Well, now, I'm a healthy. You, now, I love their salads. Do you like their salads and their garlic breadsticks? Yeah, I, I think Olive Garden does a pretty good job for being a chain. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's man. not. Yeah, you and I have our Italian restaurants on the North Shore of Long Island that, you know. Oh, no, pretty... listen, La Pazetta and Chris and Tony's, uh, yeah. you know, I love those places. Yeah. yeah but we, got, great, we got uh, a number of them. But Olive Garden's all right if I'm in a hurry. <laughs> it's like you know you sound like oh mcdonald's is okay if i'm in a hurry i by the way i happen to love mcdonald's wendy's white castle i love it all um all right now i have another question did you have you ever stayed at a holiday in hilton gardens or courtyard marriott yeah all of them all of them okay you know, when i was a when i was a correspondent for cbs and abc news they weren't putting us up at the Four Seasons. I mean, we were running and gunning down right. in the uh, motel uh, places, so, and they were all so, fine. I didn't have a problem with they're them. They're all fine, right? I mean, you know, you, if you go yeah. to a Courtyard Marriott, a lot of these places you get free breakfast, which is included in your stay, and you get a buffet. It's awesome. I mean, I've stayed there a ton. I mean, um, and I like and the only reason I say this, did you hear what Anderson Cooper said? You know how, for example, Strzok said, you know, we're smelly Trump supporting Walmart shoppers, um, I you know I can smell them from here or irredeemable deplorables whatever of Hillary, he says and look at them talking about some of the protesters yesterday not the ninety nine percent that were peaceful, and he said they're high fiving each other for this deplorable display of completely unpatriotic completely against law and order completely unconstitutional behavior it's stunning. And then they're going to go back to the Olive Garden and to the Holiday Inn they're staying at, or the Garden Marriott. It's actually Hilton Garden or Courtyard Marriott, but why, why split hairs? Um, and, and they're going to have some drinks and talk about the great day they had in Washington. They stood for nothing but mayhem. Guess what? Olive Garden quickly started trending on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, I love Olive Garden. I love Walmart, too. I don't, I don't know if a guy like that who did a exposition on new year's eve where they were down and shot um should be commenting on that's people. true didn't he get didn't he get a little sauced on that show i i, I don't i didn't watch andy cone i mean you know i'm not i don't know if anderson cooper is really the barometer of american <laughs> culture i'm not i'm not quite sure that's the guy you want to use as your roadmap yeah, but maybe i'm man. wrong maybe i'm wrong i want to talk about schumer you want Go to talk ahead. about schumer sure I'm, Go right I'm ahead. I, I, I'm, I've known Schumer 35 years. I want one New Yorker to tell me, in all the time that he's been in the Senate, one thing he has done that has made any New Yorker's life better. Just one. They can't. Okay. 
So today Schumer gets out there and says, I want to remove Donald Trump, who only has 13 more days to serve, Mm -hmm. by using the 25th Amendment that he is incapable of being president. I want to do that. So number one, I'm an expert on the 25th Amendment because it played a large part in my book, Killing Reagan. Right. And number two, my question to Senator Schumer is who would that help? You claim, and so does Joe Biden, that you want to unite all Americans, that you are going to be the Senate leader for all Americans. You think a stunt like that isn't going to divide millions of Trump supporters? Isn't going to make them more hateful towards you? So you're creating hatred. And under the guise of, oh, I want to I be the Senate Majority Leader for everybody. So that's what I want to say about him. And then, of course, little Nancy Pelosi follows up about two hours later. Now, she's just evil, in my opinion. She's an evil person. You think she's and evil? I think she's evil. I think I think Nancy. I think Pelosi she's just a, a political, scared political operative that's clinging to power, and and she, she well, has hit, zero influence now. Correct. You hit the power button. Correct. But this is why I, I think she's evil, and I don't say that. I don't apply that word. To evil is like you know a word you hold for like a terrorist. I mean, no, 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 oh. no. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about her own district. If you go That's to her true. district and you see the deplorable conditions that everybody's living under, and here is the most powerful woman in the federal government. What has she done to alleviate the suffering with her power? You know, there's an old biblical saying, to whom much is given, much is expected. What has the Speaker of the House done for the poor, suffering people in her district? The answer is nothing. Let Just me reinforce to... this for you. And I don't think she's, you know, I don't think she's evil. I think she's power hungry. I, you know, I don't know how you define evil. I don't want to get off on a tangent. But let me say this. So I sent our correspondent on Hannity, the TV show, Lawrence Jones, a couple of times to her district. Do you know, Bill, she lives in a very expensive multi-million dollar you know, mansion in a gated community and one mile in one direction is her office. One mile in another direction is her home in the middle of those two places, the center point. This is where we showed people defecating on the streets, urinating yeah. on the streets, needles thrown all over the place. Not a place you'd want to bring your kids to. When you have needles and um, blood-stained clothing in the streets, that can't be safe for anyone. I do see like a lot of needles and then you know feces everywhere, and then that's obviously about drugs and stuff like that. Um, kind of makes it a trap when you walk around, you see needles and close to a playground, and just feces everywhere. I mean, the smell of it all—it's just kind of. You definitely have to look on the ground when you're walking, and it's been—it's—it's it's definitely an uptick because I've lived in the city more than 30 years, and it, this is probably the worst I've seen it. Now, she has a lot of money in her family, and my question is around a lot of very, very Silicon Valley-type wealthy people. Why didn't, you know, I always say liberals are generous with other people's money. Why isn't she 
gone to all our neighbors and said, hey, I'm going to kick in a million, you kick in a million, we'll all kick in a million, and we'll build a place where people can take a shower, maybe get a, a hot meal once a day, uh, and maybe even if they want it, get drug counseling or put, you know, at least some information to direct them so they can get off that crap that's killing them. What about what you, the kids who have to live in that district? You're what right. What about the children who have to go out every day and see this? So Terrible. look, you know, when, when you purport to be looking out for the American public, as Schumer and Pelosi absolutely say they are, and in my opinion, both of them create more hatred. So the riots and the assault on the Capitol yesterday was driven by hatred. That's what it was driven by. People who did that hate the system. They believe the system is corrupt. And they believe that the election was fraudulent. So their hatred hurt the guy they love the most, Donald Trump. And that's an unbelievable irony. And I, I get into this very heavily tonight on BillOReilly.com. So the well, people it was also, Bill, I mean, that was Trump not the vote, average... You saw that crowd yesterday. That was a tiny portion of a massive crowd. Of course. But there were professional agitators in the crowd. But unfortunately, those pictures are going to define President Trump to some extent. To some extent. Now, you're I right. have advice for the president. I have advice for him. Do you want to hear that advice? I do, but I want to point one thing out because you made a good point about Schumer and Pelosi. You made two great points, one on each. And I just want to say, you know, they do share one common fear. You know what that fear is? Joe. We're going to play Jeopardy. They both fear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Pelosi fears because she can lose her speakership. Schumer knows that she might challenge him for the U.S. Senate in New York. Schumer Think about that. Her three to one. Schumer would beat her Schumer three to one. Would beat Cortez, yeah, three to one. Schumer's machine in in New York State it's is formidable. Yeah, and I I don't think he fears her. She annoys him, but he is well. She annoys him. What do we do to him? He hates us too. Yeah. All right. So Chuck, <laughs> look, I don't like the hatred, Hannity. This I don't is, either. This is, this is eroding our country. Agreed. So the hatred now is being boosted up. And here's the final point on this. If Joe Biden was really, really serious about bringing the country together, uniting the country, which is what his inaugural address is going to be all about, if he were really serious about it, he'd tell Schumer and Pelosi to stand down. Let Donald Trump finish his term out, knock it off okay what are the odds of that bill o'reilly simple man okay i I say there's zero not the the odds are that he doesn't even know what happened Biden. he's kind of out of it but if he did it at least you could respect that correct yeah i think it would be the right thing to do and i also think he should and some democrats ought to say hey there, there are issues with the with the voting with our voting system that do need to be fixed Dramatic things. Absolutely. But but Biden, you know, you can yap all day long. But all Biden has to do is say, we don't want any more hatred now. We're going to let Donald Trump finish his term, have a smooth transition. 
So uh, with all due respect, Senator Schumer and Congresswoman Pelosi, knock it off. You see, let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me give you a preview. Two things are going to happen, Bill O'Reilly, and you tell me I might be a dummy. I might be just a smelly Walmart Trump supporter who likes Olive Garden. I don't know. But I think two things are going to happen. Number one, the left is going to overreach dramatically, and they are going to awaken this country uh, when people see the damage that they're going to inflict policy-wise. I think that's, that's number one. I think number two you can predict with certainty is that things, when they implement their plans, nothing that they're going to implement is going to work. And you're going to see Americans, and, and some people have lost hope. They don't think, that, they don't understand, I guess, the ebb and flow of political cycles. But there's going to be America, you know, rejecting in massive ways what is, what is now coming their way. I see a backlash in 2022. I see it starting in 21. Well, but it won't matter because there are 34 seats, Senate seats up in 22. Yep. All congressional seats are up. Correct. So you can have a massive change in this country in two years, a change for the better. It all depends on the economy. So that will be the tell. So I say to everybody now, let's stand down. Biden's in, not going to change. Let's see what he does for the first six months. You can object to it if you want, but let's stop the hatred now because there is an opportunity now to right this country in a traditional way. It's coming. And sometimes you have to reach rock bottom, and I think yesterday was rock bottom. I think we've reached it. Bill, I think the the radicalism of their stated policies are real. They will implement the Green New Deal. There will be amnesty. Uh, there will be a total shutdown of energy production in this country. There will be higher taxes. There'll be more regulation. It's all coming. Well, then it's going to be California. Exactly. Okay? What's happening in California will happen nationwide, and then you will have a tremendous backlash, as you have in California with millions of people moving out. Well, the problem is they move to Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, and they bring their dumb policies with them, even though they try to escape them. Um, and that's that's becoming a problem. All right. All things uh, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, and Happy New Year. And we got a lot of ground to cover, and, and uh, we have a country that uh, desperately needs uh, the right direction. So we'll try and shine some light some days, okay? All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you know, the feigned outrage double standard. Remember the Biden staff, this was in U.S. News World Report, donating to a group, paying the bail uh, in riot-torn Minneapolis, or Kamala Harris praising the group, uh, people that say Black Lives Matter after George Floyd's death, but the group Black Lives Matter it's essential for change. And then she supported, you know, raising bail money for people that were arrested. Part of that anarchy. Um, how come people forget these things so quickly? Remember the summer 30 people died and mostly peaceful protests. Uh, how quickly they forget. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to your calls. 
Toll free, join us, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, quick break, right back. News you won't get from the mob, it's the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, a lot of you uh, were at the rally yesterday, have uh, anecdotal insight you want to share with this audience. A lot of you have been... Um, you know, waiting a long time. Let me get to the phones. We'll start with Mark. He's in Florida, was at the rally yesterday. What's up, Mark? How are you? Glad you called. Are you home safe, I hope? Hey, Sean. Nope. I'm still in North Carolina. I pulled off the road so I could talk safely. Yes, sir. Um, I was at the rally yesterday, and uh, what a uh, the first part of it, first day, everything was really great. Uh, the speeches uh, that uh, Trump finished off was fabulous. Everybody I loved what I heard from everybody, everyone around me. It was like hanging out with a million of your best friends and, uh, uh, really had a great time. Uh, I'm almost all of us stayed until Trump finished his speech, but you know, when Trump gives a speech or even Don Jr. Gives a speech, um, they really let it out there and it gets the crowd fired up just like they like to do. But, but, uh, I believe that whatever happened, whether it was agitators or whatever, there was different levels of fired up. And I think all it might've took for a, a couple of people that might've been too fired up, uh, to send them over the deep end. Uh, but I got to say that 90% of us pulled back when I arrived at the Capitol, they were already on the steps. Things were already wide open. And me and my wife looked at each other and said, this ain't what we came here for. We went back to the room. I think your story is probably, you know, the same as, as I would say, the 99 percent. I mean, relatively speaking, it was a small part of the crowd that breached capital security. And, and you know, nobody's nobody that I know is is doing anything but condemning what happened yesterday. Can't happen in this country. Um, but putting that all aside, you know, you're raising a good question here. What would bring a, a sea of people that large to our nation's capital? Well, you know, what would motivate so many people to come? I mean, we've had marches on Washington before. Um, you know, that's to think of Martin Luther King Jr. And I have a dream. We've had big crowds for inaugurations, big, other big events that took place over the years. You know, but what is it? And I'm telling you what it is. It is real frustration and anger, not only uh, main significant issues involving the election that people wanted answers to, and rightly so, about laws ignored, Constitution, state, and and our federal Constitution ignored. Um, all of this has has factored into it. Also, I think you know what is what has gone on the last four years. You know, the degree to which there's been a willingness of the mob, the media to just lie, create falsehoods, false narratives, conspiracy theories, and push them and shove them down the throat of the American people uh, only to lie to them and then just move on to the next conspiracy theory. Uh, the lack of so many different things, a failure of institutions has led to a lot of people's frustration. But most people came to do express themselves peacefully um and we you know and you saw the president asked people to be peaceful yesterday but you know with the results of last night the president said you know we've tried every option every remedy every single oh, one absolutely. of them and uh and he's right constitutionally and he's right on the law and 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 so you know we are where we find us now with that said you know i just i want to also give people hope here 
And I'm not Pollyannish, and I don't lie to my audience ever. I call it as I see it. I told everybody mm-hmm. this was going to be a very tight election. You have to assume you're down, and we don't have a lot of. It's going to take every single vote to make this happen, and it's just the way the electoral map works out at this moment in history. And maybe there'll be some changes over time, but I can tell you that there is in this country a minimum of 75 million people that believe in lower taxes, limited government, secure borders, energy independence. Uh, They don't want judicial activists on the court. They want America first. Uh, They want a strong national defense. They want America to lead the world of manufacturing, job creation, industry, uh, better, freer, fairer trade deals. And that agenda, I don't think people are going to turn away from that. Also, the value systems that have made this country great. There are Americans that would believe we're capable of better in terms of law and order and safety security. They want that. That is the 99% of the crowd that was there yesterday. They're not lawbreakers. I saw moms and dads and families and grandmas and grandpas uh, that, that took the time to express, you know, their, their very passionate point of view about the direction of the country. Um, and Democrats do it all the time. You know, they were, they were more upset about the violence that took place over the summer. Now that's like, oh, it happened where some Democrats live and work. And then they're, how could this happen? Why didn't they speak out over the summer? You know, I'm speaking out. I mean, anybody that used this rally as a means of being violent, involved in law breaking and, and raiding the Capitol building, that can't happen in the country. And we've got to have peace, law and order. And most people there believe that. So the thing is, is, you know, look, I've been at this a long time. I wish every single election would go my way. It doesn't. You know, I'm not throwing a temper tantrum. I'm not, you know, I'm just regrouping like everybody else. And and I know that we can win in the arena of ideas. I can I think I can make a fairly confident prediction of where Democrats are going to go. They're going to go hardcore left. The country's going to see the damage quickly. And then there's going to be an opportunity to once again get the country back on the right track. And we'll try to do it peacefully and legally and do it through the process, the electoral process that we have in the country. In the meantime, we've got to put a lot of pressure on state legislatures to get election laws free and fair that we can have trust, hope, and confidence in. Make sense? It's going to be a job. It's going to be a job, yeah. we got work to do. We do. Yeah, I... uh... I booked my room a half hour after those words left his mouth. I told my wife, I said, this is going to be big. I'm just a lowly mechanic, you know, and I said, listen. uh, By the way, there's no such thing as a lowly mechanic because I opened the hood of my car and I, by the way, I used to do (laughs) tune-ups and brakes. Uh, I did it all. My own oil changes. I do do a lot of work over the years. I can't begin to find my way under a hood today. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you were talking about fixing stuff. You know, when your car nowadays, uh, you can't fix anything uh, until you bring it to me. The deal is, is something happens within your car, a light pops on. If right. your tire goes low, a light pops on. Your alternator quits, a light pops on. So when you're talking about fixing this, when we have these little safeguards in place, maybe a light should pop on, and we should investigate that. Look, one thing you're going to get here is, you know, you you see Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the the weak, frail, uh, cognitively struggling Biden, 
But look at what their stated agenda is. This, this, this is why I wrote Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink, because it's a tipping point moment. They're going to implement what they said they're going to implement. I'm taking them at their word. They, they mean it. And I'm not sure Joe ever ha- would have the ability to stop the radicals in his party anyway. But the antidote is going to be peaceful, freedom-loving Americans that think we're on the wrong track, that are willing to focus their time and energies on making the American people aware that there is an alternative. Look, conservatism works. Whenever conservatism is tried and implemented, it works. Reagan made it work. Trump made it work. And, you know, there are a lot of other factors that go into the election. I think COVID certainly is is a factor in in this past presidential election. I think that we have electoral problems that absolutely need to be addressed on a, on a severe level. But, you know, by the way, how much do you buy allowed to ask this? How much do you make an hour as a mechanic? What is a full on? Uh, well, it's it's an hourly base. Uh, with a with a bonus a performance incentive, in other words, uh, the more cars you see or whatever, uh, it pays the bills. But that's about it. Um, what if you worked in a dealership? What is the average uh, well, hourly rate for a good mechanic? Well, the the problem today with working at the dealership is that no one wants to bring their car there anymore because it costs too much, and. Um, and they're, they're really the last place somebody's going to go. You're going to make a, a, a lot of money on the stuff you do work on there, but you're not going to see as much stuff. So it's going to kind of balance out. I've worked for dealers as well. Yeah, but listen, I it, you know what? It is a good profession for people. I loved working oh, yeah, on my I, cars. You know, I used to actually do Bondo work and body work and then paint my own cars. Spray, one time I sprayed Imeron. You ever hear of it? With, yeah. uh, uh, with I did it with a one of those little you know white masks instead of a instead of a respirator it was not good it was not good no. for my lungs oh no 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 yeah I did it yeah no, no that, that I remember they burned for two months uh and then there was scar tissue there one day I'm like oh boy that wasn't smart but I was 20 I was a dope what can I tell you anyway I appreciate all you do listen you should be proud of what you do every day because you're providing your fellow citizens a much-needed service. We can't fix cars ourselves anymore. I mean, I bet there's very few people that come in and say, well, I was working on this, and I wasn't able to fully fix it. Can you help me with this? I, I bet that never happens anymore, does it? Anyway, when, you know, I used to have a straight six 250. Oh, I think it was a 250. Uh, if I'm going to get it wrong, Hannity's lying. No, I used to. It was a Ford Maverick. And as we continue back to our busy, busy telephones, 800-941-SEAN. Say hi to Dr. Larry. Apparently his heart is troubled. Dr. Larry, what's going on in Ohio? Hey. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm good, sir. Um, how are you? What's going on in Ohio is I'm, I, I am so despairing and so in the dumps that uh, I'm, uh, like, about ready to quit. I mean, quit in terms of any kind of concerns about politics or what to do in Washington. It's like, turn it off. Just Larry, let me ask you a quick question. Do you have kids? Yeah. You have grandkids? I have three adult children. Three adults. You care about your your kids? Yes, I do. Care about your grandkids? Oh, yeah. Seven of them. Okay. Now, Larry, let me ask you a real question. You can complain. Yeah. We're all capable of whining a little bit, and I have whined a time or two in my life, trust me. But okay. when push comes to shove and you think of your kids and grandkids, 
Uh, Do you have any bandwidth to say, I'm not going to continue to fight for a better America? Yeah, I hear you. The answer is you you can't say good. Watching that, watching them, the the protesters yesterday. Yeah, well, they're not they're not the concern that they're the fringe. They don't represent the law abiding, hardworking, uh, contributing tax paying citizens that make the country great every day that have legitimate concerns that they were expressing. Uh, I have no problem with protesters anywhere. I don't. I mean, it's when it gets violent. Anybody that's involved in that part of it, I don't. We, we don't want anything to do with that part because we don't need to go there. You know, we have an ability if we mobilize and we're smart. You know, right now, I think task number one needs to be a lot of pressure on state legislators to now fix their broken election system so that in future elections this can't happen again and i mean in every state that we've been talking about ron DeSantis did it in florida and it this past election went you know perfectly well with faith hope integrity confidence in the result we've done it we can do it again we can we can duplicate success um but look don't despair don't listen the sun shines you know God is in charge. We yeah. know how the story eventually ends. Not that I really want to yeah. go down that road quite yet. And yeah. you know what? There's always, you know, I can't imagine for so many people that have fought, bled, and died, all we have to do is put a little pressure on politicians to now do the right thing and elect the right people. That's what, that's really what it comes down to for us. Huh? What, what, is, what, what this is so discouraging to me is that that people who have obviously broken the law, obviously broken the law, are walking the streets, are walking free. Um, and, and it starts with Hillary and all the way down the list. It's like people should be held accountable for, for, for the times that they are essentially breaking the law and then hurting, hurting the population, hurting us. Uh, listen, I think most Americans are pretty hip to the idea that, you know what, we don't really want a lot of government in our life. We want to, we're minimalist in that sense. You know, we understand government in its best state is a necessary evil, as Thomas Paine said, and its worst state an intolerable one. We understand lower taxes, less regulation works. We understand we need secure borders and, and energy independence. We understand we need better trade deals. We understand we need a strong national defense. Our agenda is simple and you know, and we don't have faith in the government to do much of anything because everything they have done here to four, they have screwed up. Anyway, hang in there, Dr. Larry. Let not your heart be troubled. Find a way. The sun's shining. God is in charge. You, we have, we, we will be back. And that's it. And, and I mean that. I'm not saying it. it's not a cliche. It's not a bumper sticker. It's not a slogan. There's an ebb and flow to political cycles.